Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Um, just uh, this weekend, it's the Greek Orthodox or, or Orthodox Easter. Uh, it's a month after, uh, depends on the moon actually, so some weeks it's the same, but uh, this weekend has been the Orthodox Easter, and um, we don't necessarily uh, celebrate it, uh, apart from making the cakes and eating them, um, as you can see, but, but um, it, it just, it made me want to think about uh, what do I seek after, you know, uh, uh, is the one a particular denomination uh, right and the others are wrong, uh, which one is right, which one is wrong, or is it uh, me trying to win you over to my denomination or to my stream of faith rather than to the Lord Jesus Christ? And so uh, I was thinking about that and, and realizing that we all have dreams and aspirations. We all desire something. We all want to get to the top. We have goals that we've set and we want to accomplish uh, those goals that we've set. And so I, I'm asking myself, what am I seeking after? What am I desiring? What is it that I uh, long for? And what is it that I uh, want to aspire to? Uh, I know that as we sit here, there, uh, in that process of trying to get to the top, uh, we've been hurt. Uh, we've hurt others. Uh, we've had obstacles and bumps along the way. Uh, in trying to get to that end goal, uh, into what I'm desiring and seeking, uh, th- there have been uh, these potholes. Um, some have been deep. Uh, there have been some obstacles. There have been some issues that one needs to deal with before or on the journey to getting to the top. Uh, in our situation right now, I'm thinking, uh, uh, Mike and I were chatting last night or yesterday just before the 5.30 service. Do we have it? Do we not have it? You know, how do we have it? Um, part of our culture uh, at our church is that we uh, have morning tea and, and food and, you know, that's part of it. But we can't have it. So how do we handle some of this stuff? How do we operate? How do we deal uh, with some of these things. And uh, with that in mind, I just thought about the, the statistics about COVID recently. Uh, and just uh, yesterday, we'd reached 152 million cases uh, in the world. 152 million cases in the world. Um, thank God, 129 million people have recovered, but there still have been 3.19 million deaths. That's huge. Now, we're a population of nearly 26 million. So one in eight uh, in our own country, if we were to take it you know, more personally, uh, would have been dead. And, and three million people, that's huge. Uh, and so how, you know, it d- does what I seek for and the, the goal that I set for myself, does it change because of COVID? Because all of us struggle, you know, in this situation. And, and I know that I'm whinging because, you know, I have to wear this stupid piece of cloth. And, you know, but when I put things into perspective, it's actually uh, nothing. You know, uh, I'll whinge anyway, though. Uh, 
I look at David in Psalm 27, and uh, he was faced with many issues in life, uh, many difficulties. Uh, people tried to kill him, uh, those who were close to him. Uh, he had great successes, but in, in his aspirations to get to the top, he also faced difficulties and personal problems. Uh, people came against him. Uh, people did not like the way he operated. Uh, sometimes he was really dodgy. Uh, and, and, you know, so when we think about these things, uh, what do we seek after? Well, David helps us in Psalm 27 uh, in the first six verses. David writes and he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At His tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord." It's a beautiful, powerful psalm that uh, expresses David's heart at this stage in his life. And I find it extremely challenging, but words of life. Let me share three points with you. Number one, I see communion with God. I see communion with God. And so when you look at David's life in this particular psalm, where he is in his life, he's crying out and he longs to have communion with God. He desired the presence of God. Attended a conference in 2009, um, and the, the uh, preacher there uh, at this conference actually said that the greatest need in the church today is the presence of God. And I've never forgotten that, because he was saying that we need the very presence, the very glory of God. The word presence and the word glory uh, is the same word, because it talks about when His presence comes, uh, we exalt His name. We sang, I stand in awe of you because your presence is here, Lord. It's in my life. And that's what David longed for. In fact, in Psalm 16, verse 11, we read, in His presence is fullness of joy. Now, we can be people who turn God on on a Saturday night and a Sunday morning and then turn Him off the rest of the week. But what David is saying is, I, I long for communion with God. Yes, even in my difficult circumstances, when people oppose me, when people are against me, when, um, when people uh, don't want to be on my side, when there's a huge amount of stress, I'm still in the presence of God. David knew who to turn to, and he knew exactly who to turn to in those difficult circumstances. And folks, that's profound. In fact, that's life-giving because of his communion with God. He was, he was connected to God, and he longed to be connected to God because he realized that that's where his strength 
and spiritual stamina came from. In fact, in, in James 5.16, and I'll repeat this uh, uh, in a short while again, it talks of the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And what that basically says through that Greek word energia, the, the, the powerful or the prayer of a righteous person is energized. And it's connected to God because there is communion to God. And so as we are connected to God and we desire Him on a daily basis, not just turn Him on when we need Him. He's not a Father Christmas that, you know, He's going to we give Him a list. But we, we need Him every moment of the day. And as we do that, we realize that we're in communion with God and we sense His presence. Now again, without being silly, you know, we can uh, say, Lord, I'm going to the shopping center and so the closest parking to the door, please, so I don't have to go far, you know, or walk far, or I can say, you know, you know just when I need him, uh, you know, every now and then, just before an exam, just before a job interview, just before a crisis when somebody's in hospital, then I turn to him. No, it's knowing him because I'm in communion with him 24-7 all the time. And, and because I'm connected to him. In fact, in Isaiah uh, chapter 40, we read, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why? Because they're connected, they're in communion with God. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. And that word, uh, they that wait, uh, some translations say, they that hope, well, whatever translation it is, the Hebrew word is kwava. And it basically says, those who are expecting of the Lord, those who are bound together and are twisted with the Lord, like a rope, that's what that word means, like a rope that you're entangled with God. He, he is the one we're entangled with. Those that are looking and expectant with God will rise up on wings like eagles. Why? Because there is communion with Him. There is basking in His presence. There is not just I'm in His situation. Oh, woe is me. I'm a Christian. What a burden it is. I wish God never ever came and knocked on my heart's door. No, it's I'm enjoying my presence with Him. It reminds me of that hobo who was uh, begging for food in the morning and money, and he was able to get that. And once his tummy was full, he'd go and sit in the cathedral, and the vicar would walk past every day and see his interesting-looking face. Eventually, the vicar approached him after a few months and said, you know what, I've walked past you. I see this interesting look on your face. What is it? And this homeless man said, I look at him. He looks at me, and we're happy together. We're happy together. Why? Because there is communion. I'm basking in His presence and I'm loving it. I remember when I first dated my wife. You know, we'd go and see a movie and a cup of coffee after that and just enjoying one another's presence. You know, very little sleep. The next morning you're energized. Why? Because you're in a relationship. It's enjoying one another's company. And that's what he's saying here. As I am in communion with you, I enjoy your presence. 
That's what Jesus was saying in John chapter 15. As we abide in Him, so we are able to enjoy His presence because there is fellowship with Him. And that word abide, uh, the word is manor, which basically means as I uh, am with Him, as I remain in Him, as I stay and dwell in His presence, I'm not absent and He's not absent. But not only are we together and we hate each other, but we actually love each other and enjoy one another's presence. Why? Because there is an intimate relationship. And so Jesus longs to have this intimate relationship with you and with me. So we, you know, it's not just this platonic one. You know, and be careful because you can actually go a little bit deeper to the next level, you know, as Plato, the philosopher, would think. No, it's enjoying his presence and having, it, uh, having him involved in your life and the intimacy that is with, uh, in his presence. Why? Because there is this, this unbroken fellowship with him. It's not spasmodic, you know, turned on now and then off again. And, and once we realize that, we're able to enter into his presence. That you're able to have communion with Jesus because he is the truth. And so, folk, there are some people, and I'm not here to offend, but the gospel is offensive, that will say, well, all avenues lead to God. Well, now, can I suggest to you that according to the Christian understanding, according to the word of God, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what we're talking about. In John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Greek says, Eroi me, Alicia. I, I am way, truth, life. In other words, there is one truth, and unfortunately, other is error. So that's kind of the Christian perspective. And so how do we realize what this truth is? Well, through prayer, through reading the scriptures, through, through a daily walk with him. In other words, through this communion with him. In fact, I'm able to understand his promises. And one of them is in Hebrews 13, 5, where he promises never to leave me, nor forsake me. No matter if I feel abandoned and I feel on my own, I know one thing is certain, that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And folk, that is profound. Remember that little song we used to sing when we were younger, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. I forgot the rest of it. One more time. No. <laughs> Why? Because he promises never to leave me nor forsake me. He doesn't abandon me when I'm not feeling so good. He's there all the time. His very presence is there. I wonder this morning if we desire him so much. If we are prepared to spend time in his presence. Yes, at times this does not taste good. <laughs> you know, it tastes like dry wheat picks. But as I persevere and seek him, I will find him. That's the truth. Communion with God. Secondly, communication with God. What does that mean? Well, if I'm in communion with somebody, then we communicate effectively with one another. When we spend time together, there is enjoyment with one another. 
You know, there are some people, uh, we, I call them VDPs, very draining people. When you see them on that side of the road, you go, let's go, look that way. And then you pull the mask over your whole face, just, you know. People like Kirsten. No. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. But, uh, you, you know, it's, it's you. There are other people, when you see them, you're so attracted to them because you enjoy their company and you're able to communicate. You get the spiritual point that I'm trying to make here. Folk, there are, you know, the, the, and that's what it's all about. As I see, as, as, because he is my father, because he is my friend, because he is my God, I'm able to communicate with him. And it's, you know, it's not just uh, this one-way traffic, me sending up prayers to God. It's also him sending communication to me. We know in Communication 101 that there is a message that is sent by a sender. There's a message and somebody receives it. But only when that person who's received the message response has communication taken place. And so it's two-way. It's not one-way. And so prayer is two-way. We speak to Him and we listen to Him as well. And that's communication. And folk, I think that's important if we're going to uh, long for His presence and enjoy Him. And you know, it's amazing what, what David says here in verse 4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek. This is what he longs for. And, and you know, the, the word uh, seek there is, this is what I desire more than anything else in my life. This is what my passion is uh, in the things of God. Uh, you know, it's, it's got to do with, this is what I require. This is what I desperately seek and desire. And he says, it's to gaze upon the Lord. The word shazah, their gaze, to perceive, to contemplate, to look in his face. To look in his face. Uh, and this is what I really desire, to enjoy his very presence. And then also his beauty, he says in verse 4, that all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. The beauty, that, that word beauty has got to do with his splendor, his grace. His mercy, you know, to actually not just be a Christian, so one day when I die, uh, I might be going to a place, and I hope I make it by the skin of my teeth, so I slip in to heaven by the skin of my teeth. No, it's to enjoy the ride here on earth, to actually communicate with Him that if I have a decision to make about uh, something in my life, I don't just take a coin and I go, well, heads I'm going this way, tails, I'm going this way. Or go, okay, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to open the Bible here, whatever it says. Go and hang yourself. No. It's to actually seek the Lord and look for an answer as He speaks. Because we're in communion with Him and because we are communicating with Him to desire all that he has for us. And folks, it's interesting there, the word Lord is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. There are other times where it's capital L, 
small o-r-d. Here it's Yahweh or Yahweh, the supreme God. That's the Hebrew word that's used there. And so when we communicate with him, we, we're able to uh, see his awesomeness, to understand that he's got our back, that we can enjoy the trip uh, and not think that it's been uh, a waste of time and it's all about I must do these things. I must go to church. Uh, I must give my, uh, some money. I must uh, you know, attend at least one other meeting. And, and I must do these 10 things or else I'm not going to make it. No, that's drudgery. But I respond to him in appreciation because of what God did on the, uh, by sending his son on a cross for you and for me. As I communicate with him, I'm able to appreciate him. And I, the least I can do is respond in obedience to him. If I think about the awesomeness of God and, and I consider his love, and His grace, and His mercy. Uh, uh, mercy, God withholding what I deserve because of my rebellion. Grace, God giving to me what I don't reserve, deserve. When I think of His compassion, uh, His patience with me, His tender loving kindness, I can never, never fathom how awesome God is, and I long for it even more. I remember when... Uh, Maria and I decided uh, that we'd get engaged. Um, I said, it's quite a lot of money to buy a ring. Let's just, you know, those days we had glass Coke bottles. So I said, you know, my dad's got a fish and chip shop, so we'll just take a, a glass Coke bottle, we'll break it, and we'll get one of my friends to, you know, shape it in the form of a diamond. We can make it quite big, as big as you like, honey, you know. <laughs> and we can put it in, you know. She goes, oh, that's not a bad idea but actually not. <laughs> nice try. Um, and then somebody said, oh, you, we know somebody who actually uh, deals with diamonds, and we went to go and see, and this guy gave us a lesson. Before he sold us a diamond, he gave us a lesson on what we need to look for. And as, as you know, goodness, I was as stupid as could be when it came to these kinds of things, and, and um, I, I looked, he, he showed us what to look for and the many facets of a diamond. And, you know, he showed us some diamonds, and you look at it, and you go, wow, this is beautiful. But if you examine it, there's actually a crack in it. And he, he helped us to identify those, and the different facets, and the different, the way you hold it, and the different light that comes through it, and the different colors. Wow, what an education. Why do I tell you that? Because it was an expensive diamond. <laughs> Because as we look at the different facets that are found in the Word of God of who God is, wow, it's just so amazing. And as we take that in, God is an awesome God. And you will never find out how awesome He is if you're not reading this book. Because when you want to get to know somebody, you don't take them to the movies. You get to know them by communicating with them. And if you want to get to know what God is like, you read His Word. You communicate with Him. And that is important. Remember Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's through the word of God, Matthew 4, 4. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, learn of me. You know, when you learn of him, in that very same verse, he's talking about his burden is light. 
because you're in communion with Him. And that's profound. In fact, it's life-giving. That very psalmist David wrote and said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, it's taking this and enjoying the awesomeness of who God is through His Word and hiding it in your heart. Psalm 119, verse 11. Then a couple of verses later, in verse 15, he says, uh, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I don't know where you are in your life now, but if you need to make a decision, I promise you, in fact, I can guarantee it, because that's how God works, that if you're looking for something, as you search this book, God will reveal the answer to you. In fact, it won't just be kind of, oh, that's for me. It'll be, wow, it's bold, it's italicized, it's highlighted, it's underlined. I know that I know that I know it's for me. But that's when you open it up. Crack the pages of this book and seek Him because He is there to be found. Thirdly, and in closing, not only... Do we have communion with Him and are able to communicate with Him? But there is something that allows us to commit ourselves to Him. David wrote in verse 4 and he says, One thing I ask of the Lord. And that word one, uh, the background of that word is that we are united with Him. We're united with Him. And David was able to understand that uh, we are united with Him. uh, And that's why he was able to respond. He's able to say, that because I'm united with you, I have communion with you, and I communicate with you. And he says, I seek, this is what I seek. And folks, that word seek, one, one more time, um, has got to do with, with um, not just having a boy's look, you know. Uh, when something goes missing at home, we say, Maria, my wife, uh, both Michael and I do this, uh, where is this? And it's like actually in front of you, you know. And um, she says, just look a bit better. You know, look more than a boy's look. She says, even Penny, our little dog, will find it. You know? Now that's not, it's similar to that word. But what that word means, to seek in order to find. And that word has got a background of, of not just you know, scraping the soil on top, but getting into that soil. You know, uh, on TV, they've got the, the guys who seek for gold and they've got their scanners. And when they hear beep, 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 there could be something down here. And they scrape the top and they do it again and it still sounds good. And then they have to dig in a little bit deeper in order to find why that scanner went off. That's what that word means. It's, it's got to do with, with breaking through the top in order to find. In order to find. And that's what David says. That's, what, that's the one thing, because I'm united with you, that's what I seek, to find who you are. Remember in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And that word seek there, ziteo in the Greek, actually means Look in order to find. In other words, plow the soil, dig into this book, and have a look what it has for you, because you'll find. 
what needs to be found. But look until you find. In Jeremiah 29, 13, we read, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. Not a boy's look, not a half-hearted look, but a deep look. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord with, uh, while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Folks, there is so much, so much depth to who our Savior is. God doesn't answer prayer, somebody said. He answers desperate prayer. And so they, the prayer of a righteous person avails much. I don't know where you are in your life this morning, but God has got so much more for you and for me if we seek Him in order to find Him. Let me end off by reading you a story. A wealthy man and his son loved to collect rare works of art. They had everything in their collection from Picasso to Raphael. They would often sit together and admire the great works of art. When the Vietnam conflict broke out, the son went to war. He was very courageous and died in battle while, recruit, while rescuing another soldier. The father was notified and grieved deeply for his only son. A month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at the door. A young man stood at the door with a large package in his hands. He said, sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier for whom your son gave his life. He saved many lives that day, and he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart, and he died instantly. He often talked about you and your love for art. The young man held out his package. I know this isn't much. I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opened the package. It was a portrait of his son, painted by the young man. He stared in awe at the way the soldier had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was so drawn to the, to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man and offered to pay him for the picture. Oh no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father hung the portrait over his mantle. Every time visitors came to his home, he took them to see the portrait of his son before he showed them any of the other great works he had collected. The man died a few months later. There was to be a great auction of his paintings. Many influential people gathered, excited over seeing the great paintings and having an opportunity to purchase one for their collection. On the platform sat the painting of the sun. The auctioneer pounded the gavel. We'll start with a bidding with this picture of the sun. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. Then a voice in the back of the room shouted, we want to see the famous paintings. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted. While someone bid for this, will someone bid for this painting? Who will start the bidding? A hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Another voice shouted angrily. We didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van, Van Goghs, the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. But still the auctioneer continued. The sun, the sun. Who'll take the sun? 
Finally, a voice came from the very back of the room. It was the longtime gardener of the man and his son. I'll give $10 for the painting. Being a poor man, it was all he could afford. We have 10. Who will give me $20? Give it to him for $10. See, let's see the masters. $10 is the bid. Once someone bid $20, the crowd was becoming angry. They didn't want the picture of the sun. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collections. The author pounded the gavel. Going once, twice, sold for $10. Man sitting on the second row shouted, Now let's get on with a decent collection. Auctioneer ladies gavel down. I'm sorry, the auction is over. What about the paintings? I'm sorry. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought that painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings. The man who took the sun gets everything. God gave his son 2,000 years ago to die on a cruel cross. Much like the auctioneer, his message today is the son, the son, who'll take the son. Because whoever takes the son gets everything. And I want to add on to that because there is so much to be had. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you have revealed yourself to us. Lord, we long to be with you and to have more of you. As we're here this morning, I want to challenge you. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you will meet the Son. Make right with Him on the 2nd of May, 2021. If you do know Jesus, and it's a very casual relationship, I want to challenge you to get into a deep relationship with Him, to know Him and to know Him intimately, and to desire to gaze upon His beauty. You know where you are in your life, and I'm happy to talk to you after the service. Lord, I pray that you'll move by your Holy Spirit and touch our hearts, touch our minds, that we might gaze upon the awesome beauty that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au.
Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.